It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Well, good evening once again, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. Here until 6 o'clock this evening, Matt Daniels is in the house. Scott Ritchie has rolled in from some basketball coverage today. Bob Osmussen will join us momentarily on the telephone. You know, I was thinking, guys, uh-huh. about uh, the weekend and how things went with the weekend. I started out thinking, you know, after the Northwestern football game, mm-hmm. then into the bragging rights game, and I came up with something that's a fact that in those two rivalry games, football and basketball, Illinois is 0 in the last nine. Yeah. After losing the sixth straight to Northwestern and the third straight to uh, Missouri in the bragging rights game. Then the weekend got (laughs) worse about three hours later, two hours later after the basketball game was over and shortly after midnight with the passing of Jimmy Collins. Mm -hmm. And then, of course... The Lovey Smith situation yesterday. It was uh, for a sports editor. I thought about you quite a bit. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, my staff did did most of the work this weekend. So uh, kudos to to Scott and and Bob and and Colin Likas for uh, for pulling their weight and and being adaptable and and flexible. And uh, it was quite a whirlwind. Forty eight hours uh, for for Illinois and everything. You know, in the last what thirty hours or so has really been been geared around uh, Illinois football and, and what Josh Whitman is going to do next and in, in hiring the next football coach at Illinois after he made the, I wouldn't call it a surprising decision just based on on the results that Lovey Smith had accumulated in his five seasons, but I think for everything that Josh Whitman has thrown behind Lovey Smith and all the support and all the praise and given him every possible resource he could have to try to succeed here and also given the fact that it's you know we're still living in a global pandemic and and that's affecting the football season I was a little bit surprised that he did actually pull the trigger and and make that decision and now he's got to go out and hire a coach that's going to win games that's the biggest priority for him uh doesn't have to be the splashiest hire doesn't have to be the the one that wins the press conference I think those two attributes were clearly in Lovey Smith's favor when, when Whitman hired him in March 2016, you know, on that, that first Monday in March that year, he, Illinois football dominated the national conversation for a few days worth based on, on the, the splash that, that Josh Whitman made in, in hiring Lovey Smith. But now he's got to go out and hire a coach that's going to produce on the field and, and win at a consistent level. And that wasn't the case in Lovey Smith's five seasons here in Champaign. And produce in the Illinois high school's and uh, mixing it up and dealing with the, the Illinois coaches, and not only Illinois coaches, no. but uh, all over the area. The recruiting under Lovey Smith dipped significantly, and, and that's one thing that's kind of stuck out to me too in, in these last couple days is, you know, I remember sitting at the, the Bielfeld administration building in a packed room 
back when we could have packed rooms <laughs> four years ago and Josh Whitman standing at the lectern and, and saying Lovey Smith with recruiting was going to be able to open doors to any prospect in the country and and that obviously wasn't true and didn't didn't come to fruition I think on that day I think Josh Whitman had every right to believe in that and well believe I, in, I think uh, he wasn't alone no, in believing that not at all yeah. but the recruiting uh, missteps have really hindered the program to where it's at now and you've got early signing day starting on Wednesday and you're going to have probably a dozen or so high school recruits mostly from out of state that are still planning on signing with Illinois and they're not sure who their next who their first college football coach is going right. to be well the good part of that is there's another signing day exactly in, in February Very by the true. way the phone line is open three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to chip in here Bob Osmussen is on one of our lines but we have plenty of lines open if you'd like to join us Bob give us your take on uh, on the weekend and the Lovey Smith situation how do you think it's going to play out well, it was a lot of fun, Steve. That was, it was, that's fine. Matt did a lot of work. He he says we did a good lot of work. It was really him. But I think uh, I think obviously with Lovey, recruiting was really the downfall. Never really got his like never never got his teeth into it. Didn't I don't almost like he didn't care. Just couldn't do it. Didn't want to do it. I don't know what it was. But he just did not make enough of an impact. I think he thought the players would come to him. You have to go out to get him. I saw Runzuk hit the ground running. I don't think Levy Smith ever got running. So I think that was a downfall, pretty obvious to me. And and that you can't win with transfers only. You can supplement, but you can't win with them. And I, I think Josh Whitman's got a chore here, but I think he's got some good options. And I, as Matt knows, I picked the guy tomorrow. So we'll see if I'm right or not. I think Buffalo's coach Lance Leopold is the right guy. I think he fits all the checks all the boxes. I think he should be the coach in Illinois. Next coach in Illinois be a lot of fun. Well, he's got another game to coach. If it is him, uh, they have a a game Friday night for the MAC championship. Matt, what do you think of that choice? Yeah, I mean there there's uh you know we floated possible out choice. possible choice. We we floated out ten names on on INHQ dot com on on Sunday afternoon an hour after uh, Illinois made the announcement that they were parting ways with Lovey Smith and and Leipold was one of the the ones that that we put out there and uh, he's got a track record of success albeit mainly at the Division three level he did win six national titles though at Wisconsin Whitewater went one hundred nine and six and then at Buffalo he's turned that program into a consistent winner and uh like you said Steve they're playing for a MAC title game on on Friday night and one connection that he has is he was at Whitewater a division three school in Wisconsin the same time that Josh Whitman was a division three athletic director at lacrosse in Wisconsin I'm sure the division three community in Wisconsin is not uh, a huge world so I'm sure they are aware of uh, of one another and Maybe that's that's the guy. Again, it's all going to be speculation and, and things like that until you actually see a coach here in Champaign, which is going to be interesting, too, given the fact that you're doing a coaching search amid a pandemic. So I don't know how that's going to play a factor in in this whole process, but it, it certainly adds another layer to what Josh Whitman has to go about here in these next couple days, couple weeks, however yeah, long it takes. I think it's going to happen pretty quick. I'm yeah. told that he did get a waiver to, to move quickly on it. So that kind of tells me that maybe he's already got his guy. And maybe the, the timing is whether that guy has any more coaching to do 
wherever he might be right now. Yeah. And that, um, that doesn't mean it's Lance Leipold. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there are only three Power 5 jobs open. Well, maybe four, technically, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. It looks like they're, they've made their choice mm-hmm. with one of their former players. But you've got Auburn, Arizona, and Illinois. Well, and Gus Malzahn's a name that instantly after he got fired yesterday at Auburn that I think a lot of Illinois fans kind of latched on to. And sure, that may happen, but Illinois is going to have to open up their checkbook even more than they did for Lovey Smith. I mean, Gus Malzahn made just under $7 million last season at Auburn. He is getting a buyout of $21.7 million, half of which has to be paid within the next 30 days. Is that so. right? Yeah, remember all this. Merry Christmas to Gus. Remember all this talk when the pandemic started about how college athletics was going to change and money was going to diminish. Well, what Auburn's doing right now is malpractice. Well, (laughs) Gus has got a good agent, is what he's got. That's true. (laughs) I mean, but if you just look at that, you know, that's almost three million dollars more than what Illinois paid Lovey Smith this season, and Illinois is going to have to pay Lovey Smith approximately two point three million to not coach here which on the scale of buyouts isn't as grand as, as what Auburn's going to have to undertake. When you look to it, uh, just in the, the money aspect, Michigan State, they hired Mel Tucker last uh, offseason, the, the newest coach in the Big Ten at just over $5 million a season. So, And, and Bob, as Bob points out in his column tomorrow, Leipold's making about 615000 at Buffalo, so I don't think he'll haggle over right. money in, in terms of that, so at least you wouldn't think so. But – who knows? You got a favorite? He, You're a basketball guy right now, Scott, but uh, how much attention are you paying to this? Well, I mean, I, I am paying attention. Uh, and to be honest, and this will just probably come across strange, but like Lance Leipold's been my guy for a couple of years because I just thought, you know, just what he had done. Way to hop on the bandwagon, yeah, well, Scott. Are we going <laughs> to let him get by with that? See, no, but well, see what you don't know. Is Man, like, all those conversations you and I have had about Lance Leipold over the years, Scott, it's just it's jogging my memory. I, mean, I haven't had them with you. I, mean, I haven't had them. In fact, you know, last year yeah, in the press box at Memorial Stadium, we were discussing coaching. Oh, I know. Yeah, especially before the Wisconsin game, we were yeah. like, okay, who's on your list? And I was the first person in the box to say Lance Leipold. But, I mean, you, you don't believe me. That's okay. No, I believe you, Scott. I believe, if you say it, it's true. But, I mean, there, there are other options. Um, and, I you know, on our list is, mm-hmm. an, is an option maybe some former Illinois players are getting behind. Oh, yeah. uh, like, you know, Jeff Allen has tweeted out his preference, and it's Nathan Schillhouse. And, I mean, it, that would be in some ways a risky move for Josh Woman just because mm-hmm. Nathan has you know, only been an assistant and really has only been you know, on a – college football staff for five years now mm-hmm. uh, and you would be making the jump from wide receivers coach to head coach which is not done all that much but he is an assistant on the rise the the, the reason and and you know I, I talked to bob about this a little bit too and he can he can chime in as well uh, i think one reason why it makes sense again i don't i'm prefacing this by saying i don't think illinois is going to hire nathan shieldhouse as the next head coach I just, for whatever reason, I just don't think it's going to happen. Although, here's why I think it could work. You look at all the past coaches that Illinois has hired, whether it's offshoots from the NFL, former head coaches at a Power 5 school, they haven't worked. Nathan Shieldhouse brings you instant enthusiasm around the program. It is, it's an out-of-the-box It's an out-of-the-box hire. Yep. He... And I've talked to numerous people about him 
in the time he's since he last played here, even the time he's coached, there hasn't been. I would, you could argue he you could put him on a handful of players that have been a better ambassador for Illinois football than what Nathan Shieldhouse did in his his four year career here. Both what his productivity was on the field, but also how he handled himself off the field. And given all of that, a large chunk of what a college football head coach needs to have in order to be successful is just kind of that charisma, that that magnetic appeal that can bring people in, that makes people want to come see your team play, that makes recruits want to come play for your school. And Nathan Shilos has that it factor. And again, he's only 30 years old. He's only been a college football coach for three seasons, four seasons. One at Illinois, he spent the past three at Iowa State. He was an analyst at Illinois in 2016-17 under Lovey Smith. But again, he's that type of guy that he's – He's a graduate of Illinois. He knows Champaign-Urbana. He knows what it's like to play at Illinois and in that program. And he's a guy that if you don't take a chance on him now, five, six, seven years down the road, he becomes that next big big coach, that, that rising star in this profession. Especially if Matt Campbell's star continues to yes. rise. Because if Nathan stays with Matt Campbell, then his stock rises alongside him. Yes. And the only question I would maybe have is how – Nathan Wood, as a 30-year-old that's only really been at one program, construct a coaching staff. I think that's the key. If you were to bring him in, again, this is all hypothetical, you surround him with an experienced defensive coordinator, you surround him with an experienced coaching staff that can offset some of the quote-unquote negatives that that might arise in in hiring a a 30-year-old who just played college football seven years ago. Jump in there, Bob. Uh, Yeah, I'm ready to jump in. i got a couple of things. First of all, you, these guys know how fine, uh, fine I am of Nathan. The I running joke in the office was that any time Bob would write an Illinois football column or story, he'd always have to have a Nathan Shells reference in there somewhere. So that's, I did, that's and the I, backstory. I really like him as a person, as a coach, as a player, as a great player. But you cannot hire a 30-year-old who has never been a coordinator as your head coach in Illinois. You just can't. I wish they could do it, but they can't do it. Josh Webman might as well just say, Go ahead and fire me now if he does that. I'm not saying Nathan couldn't do it. I think he could do it. I think it could be great. But Josh Whitman will not take that chance because he does. Nathan is as good as he is as the coach right now, and he's, he is good, doing a great job there. He's not had to do all the things that head coach has to do, and that could be a disaster for him. Might be fine, might be great, but you can't. Illinois cannot be in on-the-job training situation for a guy that you cannot hire a 30-year-old Nathan Shellis. Even though I would do it. If it was if I was an A D right now, I'd hire him. I'd say why not? But I wouldn't care because I i would be ma- I'd be making five hundred thousand dollars a year, so I'd be good with that. But Josh Whitman cannot do that. He's he'd be risking his career by doing that. You can't do it. He's got to hire a proven head coach. Well that, that's the thing that. too, that that goes back to I think what we said uh, you know, earlier is that whoever Josh Whitman hires is the next football coach at Illinois. He has to hire someone that's going to win some games because Josh Whitman's going to get the chance to hire a second football coach at Illinois. Not many ADs get to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if none get to hire three. Exactly. Right. I'd be really surprised if whoever he hires doesn't pan out that he's going to get the opportunity to hire uh, a third one. We've got uh, plenty more to talk about. The phone line is open if you'd like to join us. Three five six nine three nine seven. Some basketball news today. Tell me if you've heard this before. Io Desumu and and Luca Garza <laughs> in the same sentence. They're the co Big Ten players of the week this week. Scott. 
Yeah, I mean, while both were deserving, eh, don't give out co-player of <laughs> right. the week. Like, pick one. Like, just make a choice. But, you know, I'll certainly, you know, had the stats to back it up, especially after, you know, becoming the Illinois offense uh, in the loss of Missouri. I mean, that game would have been a laugher. It would have been. I mean, th- Missouri would have run Illinois off the court if it wasn't for ISO IO just going off in the second half. But, you know, that's it's actually only his second player of the week honor in the Big Ten. He had one other one in in February of last season, uh, of this year, but last season. Right. And then he had two freshman of the week honors as well his first year. Um, yeah, but there are few players nationally in college basketball that are playing better than I would assume he went right now. He is the only player averaging 24 points, seven rebounds, and five assists per game. Um, so that's kind of notable. It is. And Iowa continues to, Iowa, not Iowa, Iowa continues to blow people out. And uh, Gars is the, the main, but not the only reason, but certainly the main reason for that. What, yeah. he had 34 points in 17 minutes the other night? He was 13 for 14. Eh. For he missed a shot. Come oh, on. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it was, that game against Iowa, Iowa State's not. Maybe what they used to be, but it was interesting in the, the Iowa North Carolina game where I mean, UNC had the bigs just to throw at Luca Garza and you know, they won that game because of their three point shooting. But so not many teams though can do that, and otherwise he's just gonna kind of do what he's done for the last year plus now. Squeezing a call before our first break here on uh, tonight's edition of the show. Richard, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Steve. Uh, I thought Josh did a, a good move getting uh, Lovey when he did. I, I looked at the situation, and uh, a lot of kids who uh, go to college want to go to the next level afterwards, and here's a guy who had experience and a reputation. I thought it was a good hire. But uh, one thing that bothers me, uh, you guys are very familiar with uh, baseball contracts, and there are uh, performance incentives I would like to see a coach <clears throat> have something written into his contract. If he doesn't perform by third or fourth year, we can, uh, you know, boot you out, and we don't have to pay you anything on the on the remainder of your contract. Um, that's an idea, and I, I think Josh doesn't he uh, is he an attorney? Did he get uh, a law degree from yes. nearby? Mm-hmm. I I thought he did. You'd think he'd have uh, some sense there about, uh, you know, taking the, the university in a new direction and protecting us because we, we are in very troubled times. I mean, they talked this, you guys talked this morning, you and, uh, or no, Brian and uh, Lauren talked about the likelihood of filling the stadium again. Uh, it's not looking good. Uh, where else are you going to get mo- money for, uh, for your football program? And, uh, I just think that uh, they can find somebody, but, uh, you know, if he doesn't work out in three or four years, uh, don't uh, scrape up another $3 million bucks to get uh, get him out, he and his staff. Okay, Richard, thanks. Appreciate it. Well, here's the thing. Um, coaches also have agents and lawyers that <laughs> negotiate their contracts, and none of them are going to sign a contract unless right. there's some buyout clause included if they are fired for any other reason than cause. Right. So, I mean, Josh Whitman could be the best lawyer in the world, and I mean, he hasn't practiced, obviously, in a few years, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they'd never get past the negotiation stage. 530 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Monday Night Sports Talk.
Join us if you like. We've got plenty more. We'll hear from Rod Smith coming up as well. And we're back after this. 533, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Bob, Bob, Bob Osmussen. An easier name to say, Bob. And Scott Ritchie. <laughs> we did, Bob kind of shut up there, didn't he? It's all right. The oh, there's Bob. The and Blame there's the a football. There's, a, there's actually a football game to be played on Saturday. Illinois goes to Penn State, 4.30 in the afternoon kick time on, on that ball game. But on Monday, on uh, game week, the head coach always visits with the media, either in person, not lately, but or via Zoom, and that's what we have had all season long. Of course, Levy Smith not there today. Rod Smith was. He'll be the the acting head coach. And here are some of his comments from today about uh, the uh, Levy, uh, Levy Smith situation and what's ahead. Well, I'm forever indebted to uh, Levy Smith. He gave me an opportunity to come in and, and, and run an entire offense and, 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 and be in charge and Learned a lot from him. Uh, learned a lot of my shortcomings, what I need to get better at, and learned a lot of, of, of how to do things as well. I'm forever indebted to him. He was number first class to me. It was a true honor, to be honest with you. It's been really good for the last three years to be able to work with the staff and with our players. It's one of those things, though, that we understand the, the job that we signed up for. Uh, that's the profession. And sometimes you get a change of plans you don't want it, but at the same time, it, it happens. But our first and foremost job here is to these young men, these student athletes that are here on this football team and at this university. And that's to represent them. That's to be able to support them, coach them, and finish this thing out. I met with the team this morning and told them we're here for them. Even though there's a chance there some coaches may or may not be around, we're here for them. We're here for the kids, and we, and we will make sure we do our damnedest to uh, – allow them to finish this thing up. That's offensive coordinator and now acting head coach Rod Smith. I normally am accustomed to looking to my right on game day on a home game in the uh, press box because the coach, Illinois coaches are in the booth right next to our mm -hmm. radio booth and he'll be on the sidelines this time. Yeah, first time in his uh, three seasons at Illinois, you'll, you'll see Rod Smith uh, on the sidelines this Saturday at Penn State and uh, again, he he and the rest of the staff are in uh, a challenging situation this week. You're you're trying to prepare for a Penn State team that's won three straight games and has really rebounded after an 0-5 start. Then you add in the travel component. It's it's not exactly easy to get from Champaign to to State College. Um, and then you also add in the fact too that and Rod Smith addressed it in his comments just earlier that in this profession, uh, you know some of these coaches that are coaching. You know the Illini players this week. They may not be there uh, next week or in the future at all, and they they understand that. Like when Rod Smith said, they signed up for the job, and and you'd expect a new coach to come in and and bring in most of his staff. Um, so we'll have to just kind of wait and see what happens with that. Let's go back to the telephones. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number. Peter, go ahead. You're with us. Yes. Is the name of the women's basketball coach uh, Nancy Fahey? It's Nancy Fay. Nancy Fay. Okay, um, if, if Whitman goes ahead and hires this guy from Butler, or from Buffalo, rather, 
uh, it sounds like his background is an awful lot like hers, uh, successful at a lower level, very successful. But uh, we can see how that worked out here uh, as the head coach of the women's basketball team. Why is, why is this hire uh, any better than that one it would be? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Can, can I take that? Yes, Bob, yes. go ahead. We're ceding the floor okay, to you. Well, thank you. Well, of course, he has had great success at the lower level, but he's also had success at the FBS level. He's got the team playing for Mac Toddle again. They're going to be a bowl team again. So that's three bowls in a row. He's not just a lower-level guy. He's been a really successful at the higher level. So I, I, I don't think that concern is it's not, it's not the same thing. What Nancy Pay did, Nancy Pay had been doing the same thing she did at, uh, while she was at Mac, in the Mac school. You'd feel the same way about her now. So I think, I think this is not the same. It's, apples, it's not apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges or whatever the term is. But anyway, well, and another another layer to the, the the new coaching hire too is is the fact that yes, we've talked about uh, some of the recruiting failures that Lovey Smith had at Illinois and, and how he wasn't able to take that next next step in recruiting. Whoever the new coach is, they're going to have some challenges to overcome at the beginning too because they're not going to be able to go out and visit all these high schools across the state or have camps or anything like that because the NCAA is on a dead period right now for recruiting until early April, mid April. Scott, final four, so final four, so mid April. Yeah. So I mean, whoever it is, they're they're gonna have you know four months to just scour film and build up relationships the best way you can without actually doing so in a normal recruiting uh, calendar, recruiting period at all. Well, the thing with Lance Leipold, um, like his last champ- national champion at Whitewater had almost thirty players from the state of Illinois on the roster, so he knows. The state has relationships in the state, and then has recruited the Midwest while he was at Buffalo. Um, I think you know Jared Patterson, his best running back, maybe one of the best running backs in the country, is I think from Michigan. So he's a, he's a oh, and he was an assistant at was mm-hmm. at Wisconsin, was an assistant at Nebraska. Yeah. So he knows the Midwest, knows the Big Ten. Then again, it might not be him. Yes. So <laughs> and how old is he? He's fifty six. Fifty six. He'd be fifty seven by the time the if the twenty twenty one season kicks off. Uh which is the same age Lovey Smith was when he was hired. Uh, yeah, he checks a lot of the boxes as far as being a head coach, being mm-hmm. a successful head coach, being a head coach at different levels. Yeah. And, and again, I'm you can go on com. We, we've got a full list of candidates and it'll run in, in Tuesday's news because that as well. We're not just, you know, solely focusing in on, on Lance Leipold. We know there's Scott Ritchie just raised his hand and said he is though. So uh, I guess well, he's just so I, can I thought he said he was the candidate. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to take less than every other person. Jeff uh, I mean, and, and we'll, we'll run daily updates in the news Gazette, just kind of on quick hitting items as, as the coaching search just kind of evolves and stuff. And tomorrow, you know, we listed three names that I think a lot of fans would wish would come to Illinois, but I don't think are completely realistic. And Gus Malzahn, Urban Meyer, yes, be great to get a coach who's won three national titles at Ohio State and what he did at Florida, but I don't foresee him 
I don't know. There's some Twitter rumors out there. I think he's looking for housing in Muhammad. Wow, that's good. Last weekend, his wife was looking for housing in Austin. (laughs) Exactly, Austin, (laughs) Texas. So who's, what, Luke Fickle on that list? Luke Fickle, yeah, and that to me would be a long shot kind of too. Also just based on the fact that he could have been the coach at Michigan State last season and and turned that down for the opportunity to stay at Cincinnati. And he's got a top 10 team. Exactly. (laughs) They're they're really good there. He's 34 and 13. And also Kevin Sumlin, you know, the big buzzword, the big buzz name, you know, uh, almost nine years ago a when, lot of people here wanted him. when Mike Thomas became the new athletic director mm-hmm. and then ultimately hired Tim Beckman he was the hot name in coaching that time not so hot anymore he just got fired at Arizona on Saturday after going nine and 20 with the Wildcats so I, I don't think you're and gonna losing see 70 to 7 yeah Arizona's on a 12 game losing streak yeah. crazy 541 need to take a quick break we'll do that and be back with more Monday night sports talk here on DWS Move it up on 545. If you want to get in, you got about 15 minutes. 356-9397 is the number on Monday Night Sports Talk. The Illini Coaches Show is coming up tonight at 7 o'clock right here on DWS. Also on Light Rock 97.5, Brad Underwood will be on with uh, Brian Barnhart. So will Martin O'Donnell. They'll have some Josh Whitman audio from the uh, press conference yesterday and much more coming up at 7 o'clock. You can continue uh, talking uh, football coaching if you would like. And I, th- I think what the guys in this room and Bob on the phone, I think, would agree with this, and, and many fans would too, I think, is whoever it is next, you'd like to think it, it would be somebody that would really want to be here. And it's not looking at this job necessarily with the next job in mind. Yeah, and, and, and Josh Whitman alluded to that in, in his comments uh, yesterday is that he wants someone to win. He wants someone to win with integrity, and he wants someone to do it for a, for a long time. And uh, if you think back to when Lovey Smith was hired, the, the program had come off such a, such a divisive and, and fractured 2015 with all the allegations surrounding Tim Beckman and then the abrupt firing of Beckman a week before the start of the season and then all the – events that happened with with Bill Cubitt and and one thing you can say about Lovey Smith yes he did not win nearly enough football games at Illinois but never once did he embarrass the program from a PR standpoint from anything he said or did with his players at all well those things you mentioned there he hit two of the three exactly he just didn't just didn't win enough games enough games hey Steve you're on the air with us go ahead yeah one question and maybe Bob can check this out and research it but I think Illinois had a walk-on by the name of Kumaro about two or three years ago, but anyway, he transferred to Whitewater, and I think he may have played for Lance up there, but uh, he's now playing for the Green Bay Packers, and so there's a little bit of Illinois connection with that to uh, Whitewater, and of course, his dad, Eric, played at Ohio State, Right. but uh, I think his son left Illinois and went to Whitewater and played on one of those national championship teams. Well, what can do it? That's cool. Thank you for pointing that out. For the story idea to give it to Bob, too. Hey, Steve, you got a favorite like you'd, like, you'd like to see for the coach? Well, just somebody's got ties to Illinois. I'm not so sure. Lance might be the guy. Um, but I just want somebody that knows a little bit about the Midwest and the state of Illinois. Um, of course, Lance Fickle. But I don't know, if, like you say, he's a long shot. But um, that's the way it goes, in fact. I think uh, Mike Thomas, when he got the job to replace Zook, then he try and get Butch Jones from Cincinnati, but Butch turned it down, and now I see he Twice. got hired at Arkansas State. 
Yeah, he turned that down twice. Butch Jones did. He got offered a lot of money, too. So. Yeah, he took a and shot at uh, Kevin Sumlin, one. too, didn't he, Bob? He did. That was first. Yeah. Sumlin, uh, Larry Fedora, and then uh, Butch Jones twice. Didn't happen. Then Tim Beckman became the coach. Hey, Steve, anyway, thanks. Anyway, I enjoy listening to you guys. Got good stuff. Thank you very much. We thanks, appreciate Steve. you listening and taking the time to call. 356-9397 is the number. Any other thoughts, uh, Bob, on... On uh, well, let's talk about the game. There is a game, as I mentioned this week. Some of these matchups, they kind of deviated a bit from what they said they were going to do. Um, I was a little surprised that uh, Illinois is going to Penn State, but in case you missed it, Nebraska is at Rutgers Friday at three. Purdue and Indiana. I agree with that one. Mm-hmm. That's, That's the old one. oaken bucket that mm-hmm. got uh, yeah. canceled. So they're going to play that Friday night. Uh, Northwestern Ohio State, of course, for the Big Ten title game. Minnesota at Wisconsin. Another rivalry mm-hmm. game there, a long-time rivalry. Illinois, Penn State, Michigan, and Iowa, Michigan State, and Maryland. Anything there that jumps out? Well, I, I like the fact that the Big Ten title game's at 11 a.m. on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's always been prime time on, on Saturday night, and I think a chance to just have it in a, a different time slot is, is advantageous for, for the conference, and uh, I think the Big Ten did the best they could in, in a weird format that I don't think you're going to see repeated hopefully ever again but uh, i think it's good to get the rivalry games in with indiana purdue and, and minnesota wisconsin and the other ones are good for the players and to get some more film out there and things like that but you know are they yeah they, well and it, what's interesting too in, in the case of illinois is you have a ton of seniors on this team and given the fact that they all could have the they have the chance to return next season because of the NCAA rules the big question now is going to be who does return because I, I don't know. You have to think the firing of Lovey Smith is going to change the mind of a lot of those guys in, in terms of decisions they they might make or, or already had decided to and, and now may go a different direction. Go ahead, Bob. I'm I sure you're, you're tuned in. Well, Doug Kramer will come back, I believe. I believe Alex Balchuski will come back. I think a lot of the guys will be tempted. I think a lot depends on who they hire. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. They bring a guy in that fires them up, like Lance Leipold, then they might say, hey, I can play for that guy. I want to win right away. Yeah, he might get it done. The more guys that get back from this year's team from next year, the better that first team is going to be, obviously. So I think whoever new, new coaches will come in and try to sell the guys on coming back, they're going to lose some guys. Kendrick Green's probably going to go pros. Uh, I think um, – I think Josh Matterbaby will t- take a shot at the NFL, uh, maybe another guy or two. But I th- think the rest will have a chance to come back. I think that's important for Illinois. All right, let's turn our attention here for a few minutes to Illinois basketball. The Big Ten season opens tomorrow all of a sudden, <laughs> buried in uh, this early week's uh, news headlines. But uh, the bragging rights game didn't turn out like any of us had hoped. Missouri, you got to tip your hat to them. They they came to play and uh, the way they have, Scott, the last three years in this series. Yeah, that was probably the m- most confusing, concerning part of it. Is I mean, it was another bragging rights game where right. Missouri wanted to play, wanted to win. Illinois, yeah, I, I don't know. Like they just were flat again. I mean, whatever it is about bragging rights, fires Javon Pickett up like no other. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not Mark Smith or Jeremiah Tillman, who again who didn't play well, but Pickett was great. Xavier Penson, you know, another Illinois kid from Chicago, was great. 
and then Illinois had Io Desumo, and that was about it. I mean, Kofi finished with 19, but I mean, it really, you know, he was a non-factor in the first half. Andre Curbelo was sort of you know, a non-factor in the second half after a strong start. Io was the consistent, you know, constant in that, and they need more than just him to win games. And say what you want about how bad the officiating might have been. And it if wasn't great. It, it wasn't. But if they're going to call 52 fouls and you want to get to the line, you need to make those shots. You make half of the ones you miss, theoretically you win the game. Yeah, and I mean I know there was lots of bemoaning the officiating uh, on Saturday night, but Illinois also fouled a lot. Ooh, they really <laughs> did. I mean, maybe there were some bad calls, but Illinois earned its fouls. It's what Missouri. I mean, they Missouri had 27. Mm-hmm. Almost 25, so it's not yeah. like it was... Yeah, but they made 25 of their 27. Yeah, they just made a lot more of their free throws. Um, and if you don't, I mean, they missed too late, but otherwise they would have yeah. missed like three total, I think, for the game. Right. Uh, it was not a great game, but also just one game. And Brett Underwood said after, afterwards that you know, their, I mean, their real goal is contend and win the Big Ten, and that starts tomorrow against Minnesota. And here's what Brad Underwood said about that. I woke up this morning and I thought, oh my gosh, 20 of these things. You know, that's what we play for. We play for a Big Ten championship. That's We've never shied away from that uh, with any of our teams here. That's the goal. If you're good enough to win a Big Ten championship in this league, you got a chance to win the national championship. And, and uh, it's 20 long, grueling nights. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be hiccups. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with COVID. That just has to do with an elite league, with elite teams, with elite players and elite coaches. And we've got to grind for the next three and a half months. And, and uh, But yet, it, it is exciting because there is a different air about these games and there's a different feel and, and, and there's a little more familiarity with opponents and the name across the front. So it makes it all exciting and it makes it all very, uh, uh, very challenging. And, and uh, it gets to be uh, very tedious at times. And, but, uh, yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we're here for. That's Brad Underwood. The Big Ten season starts for the Illini tomorrow night. Six o'clock is game time. The Minnesota Golden Gophers in town. We'll take our final break and be back with some final words here in just a moment. We've got two or three minutes left here on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Talk some football, talk some basketball, as we normally do. And I was thinking... Wasn't uh, that long ago we were complaining about nothing going on? <laughs> well, we, we, were still, we were talking about how how we were doing shows and doing newspaper sports pages mm-hmm. with uh, nothing going on. We can't wait till things start happening again. No, exactly. And, and I know we spent a lot of time on, on this show talking about Illinois football and, and the coaching search too. But I think we need to just in the final couple of minutes maybe just talk about Jimmy Collins too yes. and, and just the the huge impact that that he left on the Illinois men's basketball program and, and his ties to Chicago and, and being such a huge figure in what was such a successful era for Illinois basketball and, and the pipeline he was able to establish with the Chicago high schools and, and just the, as you saw yesterday on social media, just the outpouring of tributes that people had in, in regards to the effect that he had on, on their lives, not just at playing here at Illinois, but also just their, their effect on him once they left the U of I as well is, is pretty impactful. He's one of the classiest guys that uh, I ever had the pleasure of working with. And for a guy that could have, uh, mm-hmm. Could have had a grudge, could have had a bone to pick. He he was classy all the way, mm-hmm. even though Bruce Pearl did the job on him and Dion both. But uh, Jimmy hung in there. He was disappointed. He didn't get mm-hmm. the head coaching job when Lou left, but he uh, 
took it with class and went up and did a good job at UIC. Yeah, and Bob, I know you've talked to him in, in the past couple of years as well. Uh, just what are your memories of, of Jimmy Collins? Oh, he's always, so, like Steve said, he's always so pleasant. So Such a nice guy. Never had a bad word to say about anybody, even Pearl. And I was always impressed by that. So just a wonderful guy. He's going to be horribly missed. We were sad. I think everybody should be sad. Scott, what are you working on in the upcoming edition? You got a prediction in uh, the paper? Is that uh, should we know that yet or not? You're four and two now on the season, aren't you, Scotty? Yeah. Well, you know, setbacks. You know, they happen. <laughs> it's how you bounce back. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I've got Illinois winning by I think six, eighty-three, seventy-seven mm-hmm. tomorrow night against. High scoring, close game. All right. I mean, honestly, who knows? I just. <laughs> I mean, that's why they're I, called I pick a winner. Scott. I pick a winner, but then I really just I make up a score. That's all right. That's Maybe. why they're that's called. That's why they're called predictions, Scott. You got a lot of coverage on uh, the coaching. Show, yeah, the so ever evolving every world. Every day, we'll just go as the coaching search goes, pretty much for the next few days, few weeks, however long it takes. Hey, Bob. Thanks, buddy. We'll uh, we'll see you soon, my friend. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks a lot. See you, Bobby. Yep. The Illinois Coaches Show comes up in an hour, right here on News Talk fourteen hundred WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.